Welcome to the Flashback with your hosts Andrew and Chase. This is a podcast about revisiting media from your youth and trying to decide if it's still good or at least not terrible. So let's get ready to remember some stuff. All right. Thank you, Mathilde, for that. Always good to hear from you, Mathilde. We love you so much. And welcome, everyone, like she just said, to the flashback. I'm Chase. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk about some stuff. Uh, This week, or this time, this episode, excuse me, that stuff is literature. Yeah. I guess last episode was also literature, in a way. I don't know. Are comics literature? They can be, I think. Okay, There's I can give you that. Yeah. Art for sure, but literature? Um, I was trying to figure the art in literature, and I was going to say literature, <laughs> but uh, I, I, think, I couldn't do it. I think uh, some people would consider, like, Mouse. Have you ever read that? It's like a graphic novel no. about the Holocaust. and it's So like, I always call them comic books. Graphic yeah. novels I just call comic books. Well, okay, it's a long comic book, and it's about... Uh, World War II and the Holocaust, and his big gimmick is all the people are animals. Oh, so, interesting. So uh, Jewish people are mama- are mice, mouses are mice. Are mama mouses. And guess what the Nazis are, the Germans? Ooh, wolves. They're cats. cats. They're oh, cats. that makes more sense. Americans are dogs. Okay. Uh, the Russians are bears. The Ru- Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if there the are Russians. The Russians are raccoons. The Americans are dogs. Okay. Oh, I just said that. The French are frogs. Awesome. Um, I can't remember, but I, I read What are the it. British? Um, Badgers? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, and it's it's like this. The artist is like, uh, it's very autobiographical. Like his dad was a Holocaust survivor. Okay. And so it's like a lot about that and everything. So. All right. But uh, anyway, th- this time <laughs> we're, it's literally it's, the written word. Yeah, it is. There were no pictures uh, except on the cover. On the cover, and actually, small pictures of uh, the the morph through on this on the lower parts of the pages. Okay, I don't know if you can see that, or maybe it didn't come through on on the PDF. But usually, okay, I'll just say what it is. It's anamorphs. Anamorphs. <laughs> oh. This was the best. I had never heard of this book before. The series? No, I mean only from you. Yeah. Though so I did hear about a teacher who. I think he was like getting into it with this student. The student was like back sassing him and they were working in a computer lab and he like made a picture of her as like anamorphing into a rat. (laughs) (laughs) And he got like in trouble with the principal as he should have. Did it look as good as the covers do of the Animorphs books? <laughs> I think I think it did because I'm sure that there's somewhere where you can anamorph like your own self. Yeah, you or can probably because it's a pretty straightforward thing. It's like you get right. two pictures, like an animal and then like the person picture, and it's just a straight like. I'm sure you've seen them before. It was very. It's a very '90s like looking thing. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, their only exposure is probably seeing the covers of these books. And Here's like, my question. That looks very stupid. As you were reading Animorphs, which you chose, so you chose it this Yeah, week. this was my... This was As my... you were reading Animorphs, mm-hmm. did you think we should have done Goosebumps? No, because I... Because pr- is there a 90s series more iconic than Goosebumps for children? 
probably not, but but I just know that I don't. I didn't even like goosebumps at the time. No, they're and, bad. And so yeah. I knew that it would just be bad now. And so it was just like I, I knew what I was getting into. Whereas the Animorphs books, I remember at the time really liking them for a few reasons, which I'll get into, and then wanting to kind of pick it pick it up and just see what I will what also the deal say. Was. This is really good because this is our first time. Where you have, you're the only one with the exposure, and I have none. Mm. So I'm truly an un, unbiased observer. Like I have no nostalgia. Yeah. Like this is all me new. That's good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So a little history about animorphs. Okay. They're written by a woman named uh, I don't know her. her Wait, is it the name. same author? It's not like a series of authors. It's one lady. No. Well, okay. I think she wrote a bunch of them, but I'm. I'm a hundred percent sure. And then she sure farmed them out. She farmed them out. Like they're most of them. Aren't there like a thousand of these? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't are continue. I mean, there's 54 of the like actual ones. Okay. And there's then there's like spinoff ones like the Hork Bajor Chronicles and like Vizzer. I feel like we were in the Hork Bajor Chronicles in well, this book. They're in they're in there a lot. Hork Bajor. Um. Yeah. And so. By the way, I have. Just as a side note, yeah, I have never read a fantasy or sci-fi fiction series where the names were worse than this. <laughs> They're the worst. The villains are Yeats, Yerks, 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 Yeet, Yerk. No, yeah, they're Yerks. Uh, Yerk. <laughs> no, yeah, the names are bad. No, I- I'll give you that. So, and their their posses. I don't, I don't know the Hork Bajor, like this uh-huh. other alien race. Yeah. That people are supposed to care about these mm-hmm. moron aliens. Yeah. Okay. Hork Bajor. Hork, hork <laughs> Jar. Hork, hork, hork Bajor. Bajor. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a Star Trek thing. To me, she she pulled a lot of stuff from Star Trek. Oh, she 100% like, um, did. Bajor, Bajorans or whatever. You know, that's like a name from Star Trek. It totally is. And I would say even like the concept of these slugs taking over the humans mm-hmm. is the is the plot of the first season of Star Trek Next Generation. Or Deep Space Nine. No, Next Generation. Oh. Well, no, wasn't it? Weren't they also in... It was in like the two... They may have been in Deep Space Nine, but I know we that the first two Deep seasons Space is Picard. But I know Picard has to go and, uh, like, they infiltrate the Federation, and Picard, oh, like, yeah, saves yeah, these yeah. aliens from it. Yeah, no, I remember that. In the second season or first season, I don't know. No, that's that. true. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of ideas are, are taken Can from I those. tell you also that... I'm looking at you, but you're looking straight forward, and it's it's, it's because I'm balancing. It's fine. The I'm way fine. I you're doing it. The I'm just commenting on it. The way I have the microphone set up, I'm bouncing my laptop. I feel like on we're on a knee. horrible first date. I know, where I like, I can't like, even look at you. I'm, I'm so super, nervous, but I'm like super into it, and I just want to talk <laughs> to you. But you, you have my you body have nothing language. to do with my body language. Is oh, like, your body don't. language is, is I, I get re- me out of here. I remember earlier, earlier on in my dating life, seeing like some show where they talk about how to read body language. Yeah, and it's like wherever, like this is the hips, the, or the hips. Feet. Yeah, where yeah, the if the hips are pointing towards you, that's good, and if like pointing away, that's very bad. Uh, and my hips are definitely not pointed toward you. Toward you? No, they're they're about as I'm far trying, away as they listen, can get. I'm trying to. You're move. okay. You don't have to. No, I'm, I want to move a little bit. I just don't want too much of my. I wanted to make conversation. Noises. Yeah, I wanted to talk my about drink a couple is of things. Also, too far away. Can we can we talk about what's been going on in our weeks, or do we want to get right into it? Because there's some things I wanted to say. No, we can talk about our weeks. Before we do, there's one thing about that body language. I remember reading one <laughs> thing about body language, which is. 
if you emulate, like if you do like a weird body language thing, people mm-hmm. will emulate that. And I've noticed that at least at work all the time. Yeah. Like I'll put my hands behind my head, like in a meeting, mm-hmm. which is pretty much a, uh, a universal sign of I'm too good for whatever's happening. It's here. like a power move. Yeah, yeah. People will do it all the time. Like they'll do it because I did, but I don't think consciously. Yeah. Or like I'll put my foot up on a chair and I'll notice other people do it. Hmm. And which I think is interesting. That is interesting. Here's what I wanted to talk about though. I thought yeah. about you. Okay. Um, Sunday. Okay. I was leaving. I saw this. I went into a, um, and I can't remember the name, so the story's going to sound faker than it was, but I saw a truck <laughs> and I thought, that's a cool looking truck. Oh. And it was a Honda Ridgeline. Oh my gosh. And I thought, that's a good looking vehicle. And was then it? I remembered, I went up and looked at it and I was like, Ridgeline. So I gave it a little bit better look. And it was like a newer version. I mean, it looked like a new truck. Yeah. And I was like, this is a good truck. It has four doors, has mm-hmm. a good bed. Mm-hmm. This is nice. And so. I'm kind of, I want to know why your wife won't let you have one. She doesn't like the, so the front of them looks just like a Honda Pilot uh, SUV because okay. that's what it's based on. It's just like a truck version. It's of just a, a bigger Pilot. one and they've, they've changed the body. Okay. Yeah. But, but the front is kind of uh, a little bit rounded. It doesn't have the, you know, most trucks are like trying to look as big and square as possible and manly because men are like infantile babies who can't like deal with not perceiving themselves as manly all the time. Thank you for that. Cause I have a giant <laughs> manly truck. No, I'm just I saying only for that purpose. Well, no, but you're not in charge of like truck design. I'm just saying oh, like I men in general are, yeah, fair. can't handle the, the merest like whiff of, of not being masculine all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's pretty dumb, but, but that's, but so because of that trucks have a certain look, right? Right. And, and this truck doesn't look like that from the front at least. And she just thinks it looks weird. Like it's like, it doesn't match. And it's kind of how it is. It's kind of like an El Camino or something. I will say that I thought it was a very good looking vehicle. I think they're okay. Here's the thing. They're, they're expensive for the utility you get out of them. Mm. I would rather like rent a truck. Trucks are three times a year. Trucks are very need it. Yeah. I'd say that that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say I like having a truck. You use it for more than you think. Yeah. That being said, I mean, you're right. I would say a new truck is crazy. I mean, the price of trucks is crazy, especially big trucks. Like, like a F two fifty. Like if you wanted to, yeah, you want to tow a big trailer. They give you like 10 year loans on those (laughs) because that's the only way people will like buy them. A mortgage. 80,000. Are you joking? 80,000. You could buy like a very small condo somewhere for that. Yeah. Anyway, no, I agree. Well, thank you, thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, I did. I've I've been doing a lot of car stuff in the last week or two. Researching, well. or do you do this. work in them? Uh, no, I mean like researching, and then just like we bought my wife a new car, and yeah. so we had to go to uh, dealerships and stuff, and that, that's just a lot of dealer. The whole anyway, I could talk. About I that. love the dealer when the new trying where they say, "Oh, they're like, well, let me go back to my manager," mm-hmm. and it's like this new tactic where it's like, "Well, my manager said." It's not new. They've always done that. I've the buying manager thing. Yeah, yeah I didn't it's know like that. you're they're the go between. Yeah. Um, that's why we have a guy. This is so boring. We have a guy uh, at a Hyundai dealership that we love, and he's like the the guy who's been there forever and just sells like a massive amount of cars. You and so, you frequent a Hyundai dealership so frequently mm-hmm. that you know and love a guy i like that he's okay. great well so he doesn't haggle with you really he just tries to get you a good price but there's absolutely zero pressure because he just gets all his stuff on volume so he doesn't care like he's not trying to make a lot of money on a, a certain car right he just you know what i mean so we went to a toyota dealership and drove the new rav4 okay and it was like the worst experience i was like i told them up front like 
I am here, like, we're just here to drive it. We're going to three other dealerships after this. Like, we are not going to buy today. Please just let us drive it, you know, like, very openly. And the salesperson was this young kid. He was really nice. But then we drove it, and then, like, they're like, come on in and uh, do this. And, like, I was like, oh, great. And we went in. That was the worst mistake because then we had every single manager come coming at us before we could try to leave. And we had to like push our way through them. Yeah. Like the finance guy came and talked to us. Why don't you want to buy? Like, what, what didn't you like about it? Like, you know, and we were there for like 20 more minutes than we wanted to be. And we're like, screw this. We're getting a Hyundai. So then we went down to the Hyundai place. And, and that's what you got. And that's what we got. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Anyway. I think this also is different where you're like, I don't know that that's just such a different experience. Like I would be, I would try to leave once, and if they didn't do it, I feel totally justified in being aggressive mm. at that point. Mm-hmm. I feel like I give I give like one or two like, hey, I gotta go, it, it, with and me, I'll do it I'm, as kindly, you know. Yeah, but I'm, after that, I gotta be like, get out of my <laughs> like, I gotta be rude. I, I had to do that at the very end, and, and because I was just getting fed up with it. Because I'm I'm at my nature is I'm not very aggressive with people, no. like, like salespeople yeah. and stuff. But by the end, like it's once because we'd already talked to the accessories guy, the sales manager, and then I was like, we're going. And then that's when the fin- the like finance guy came to talk to us, and I, he's like, what's going on with you guys? Uh, you looking at the you're looking to get a rap for it? And I was like, no, we're leaving. And he's like, whoa, whoa. you know, it was just, yeah. it was. It was just a bad experience. It was bad, bad. Yeah. But the thing about it is, it shuts you off for the brand for like forever. Oh yeah, I mean, because I think Toyotas are fine cars. I just don't like. I would never want to go into a dealership again. Right. I just and would. it's wild how that happens to people. Yeah. Like, you know, you get this brand like one person, one place ruins it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but it's okay. We got the we got the car she wanted. It's you were awesome. right. This was boring. Like, I know. I didn't think it was. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, okay. Let's not talk about our lives. What, what else? Let's just <laughs> no, we were talking earlier. I, it seems like I've had been so busy with house projects. I guess it's the summertime. I guess that's what happens, right? I will say you can actually do stuff outside. So yeah. you end up just doing yeah yard work and like house things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yep. And, and we're getting old where we like housework. I don't, well, I don't, I mean, I like, I like it once I've done it. Okay. It's kind of like, uh, like, uh, cardio exercise. You don't enjoy it while it's happening. Right. There but, are people who enjoy it while it's happening. Well, there's and certain parts of it that I enjoy. I ride my bike a lot and there's parts of it I enjoy, but mostly it's like when it's done, I feel accomplished and happy. That oh, I that's did fair. It. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we so read Animorphs. We read Animorphs. And so we read, I'm going to tell you what we read. Book number 50. So this is, this is four from the end. I wanted something like exciting and we're like, super close to the end and close to the end. So like a lot of the stakes were raised and like crazy stuff was happening. So, so Vassar one, can I, can we spoil it and just Vizzer, assume Vizzer one. that no one's reading these? Uh, what do you mean? We like can spoil the person who's reading the who, person who's listening is not going to read no. Animorphs fifty. No, no, no. no. We'll, so we'll talk when this or one dies at the end, yeah. Okay, that's like a big deal. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm just wondering. Like he's been a bad guy for a while. Like he's uh, been a prominent figure for a while. Wait, no, he doesn't die, does he? Did I read it wrong? Yeah, he totally dies. How does he die? He gets his arm chopped off by a resistance. Oh, I don't think he died, though. He totally does. And then his his goons attack him and jump on him and everyone flees. I think they just flee, but you don't see him die because I'm pretty sure in the other books, because I'm going to read you something later 
that he doesn't actually die. All right, because fine. here's the thing. Th- th- that's like the big bad of the series. Okay, let me give, let's give a, a like a, a very short uh, history of what, what these books are about. I'm timing you because. And, uh, well, and, and honestly, it's not that important because, because these are kids books and stuff and they want to catch you up. Basically, every book has like. It a tells very you what's short, happening. Yeah, very short, yeah. like. It, they're all from a viewpoint of one of the different kids. Right. This one the is, original seven. Yeah. This, this one is now. The can we pause for Cassie. two seconds? Can yeah. I try to give a summary having read only one book and then you correct me? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. So basically, um, they found a spaceship in the woods when they were at the mall in a, in a construction lot. Right. They went through a construction mm-hmm. lot. They found a spaceship. The guy was like, dude, there's aliens invading your planet. You got to turn into animals. It's and a total, like, uh, um, green lantern scenario. Right. A dying okay. alien, uh-huh. a dying alien was powers. like, yeah. Hey, guess what? We're, we're policemen of the universe and these aliens are infesting you. Uh-huh. Here are powers to protect your planet. And then the seven kids have to go throughout fighting these aliens. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happens. And now their parents are involved. Yeah, by, which hadn't by been now. for a long time. Yeah, all the earlier books, it was like them trying to balance like home life and also like fighting this war type thing. Right. But then the war progressive and they keep infiltrating society more and more. And so it's just kind of more out in the open. And uh, so they can, here's the rules. There's also rules. Ooh, okay. They, now I didn't know they this They can part. morph to two, two hours. To become an animal, they have to first physically touch it. Okay. And as they learn to morph, they can't like. Be like, hey, seven years ago, I petted a zebra. So now yeah, they zebra. have to already have had this these powers. Uh, right. And and once you touch an animal, it's like it'll go into a trance and just kind of sit there. Do you kill you the soul it. of the animal? <laughs> I don't think so. No, it just sits there. Now they can also do cockroaches. Yeah, any sort of uh, insect. Uh, they can do insects and they can do an- animals. Okay, but they can't do like diseases. Because I wrote like here at the end, I was like, <laughs> the best thing is being like a self-replicating virus and give those to all the yeah, infiltrators. That would be idea. the real plan. There actually is a few of the books where another race of tiny aliens come that are like like match matchbox car size like spaceships. Yeah, and they shrink. They have shrink rays. They shrink the kids down. Too tiny size. Okay, those are probably the worst ones of all, <laughs> of all the, of, of, that I remember. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they could become any animal, but they could only stay in that form for two hours. Otherwise, they become known as a nothlet. A nothlet. A nothlet. And that means they're just stuck that way and they can't do anything. Okay. Which and they actually t- touch on this in the book. They tried to recruit someone. Well, he found David. out. They David. They recruit yeah. David, yeah. So he was like a classmate, and he finds out what they're doing. And so they're like, well, I guess we got to let him in the club. But he and turns he, traitor. He turns into a, like a psychopath. And so they trap, <laughs> they transform him into a, oh, oh, bless you. There you go. Sorry, does that, did that come on real loud? Uh, no, it was good. Yeah, it was just just loud enough. Right. Um, so they they like trap him as a as a rat and then leave him on an island, like so he's a rat forever on a desert island. That's awesome. I, why didn't they just kill him? You know what? They're okay with killing all kinds of other uh, aliens and, and yeah. other beings and stuff. The, I always have an issue with like when murder's okay, except not in these scenarios. Like yeah, I've. I've killed 28 people before, but not this one. This this is where I cross. I guess the line. it was because he's a he's a fellow kid. But I don't. Yeah. Anyway, they do have a very they're very ageist. Like adults are not allowed in their world. Only mm-hmm. kids. Well, and they, and they're like bratty to their parents. So their they're parents are like involved now. But like they they're like shut up. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they've been like fighting this war for like a year, a year and a, or two years or something at this point. And so they're yeah. just okay. I'm gonna t- so so that's okay. kind of the the story. 
Well, actually, I haven't finished setting it up. So there's oh. like an intergalactic war happening between these Yurks that can like go Yerks. infest, uh, like like possess bodies of other species. Right. And uh, there's also rules with them. They wait. Have time to out. Go. Who's fighting the Yurks? Is there like another group of people? Yes. That fight the Yurks? Well, so so the the alien race that had the the technology to to morph to do the morph is the, called the Andalites. The Andalites. And so they're like they look like centaurs with like big like scorpion tails. Right. And weird blue and stuff and now Visser Visser 1 is an Andalite yes which is why he can morph and that's why he's like the big bad because he goes around the galaxy well no no he just he was an Andalite who just got infected Uh, so he goes around the galaxy acquiring the most like freaky giant like creatures that he can morph into right so at the end of this book he turns into like some weird giant alien squid thing right Um, and so that's kind of why he's like so dangerous because they never know what he's like going to turn into Uh so the Andalites develop this like morphing technology. It's like a blue cube that you just touch and it like gives you those powers. Right. Which is what the aliens gave the seven kids. Yes. The morphing cube. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometime later on, an Andalite who is also like an a adolescent joins them and his name's Axe. And he's the guy who became the uh, bird. No, no, no. No, that's that's Tobias. Oh, so, My bad. So of the originals. Tobias decided to stay a bird forever. Well, no, okay. Hold on. Let, let me give you some history here. Early on in the first book, I think they've just learned how to like morph and everything. They have like their first battle and Tobias becomes a bird, like a red tailed hawk. And he, something goes wrong and he immediately gets stuck as the red tailed hawk. Uh, he becomes, but everyone thinks that maybe he did it on purpose. Uh, I think later on he did because then like some other powerful alien later on gives him the, the choice to like, here's your morphing powers back. So if he really wanted to, he could become his human self and then just wait two hours. Right. But he doesn't, he'd be stuck as a human, but he has like gotten used to being a hawk. And so he just wants to stay that way. Basically. That's, that's but my he'll question. Morph into the... his human self for like so two hours. So let's say that time. I, so you can only morph for the person for two hours. If you don't, you're stuck and you can't morph anymore. Yeah, yeah. You can't morph anymore. You're just like, whatever that is. So like when, if you wanted to, you could just be a wolf forever now. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's true. So do we know what the Yerks, the Yerks <laughs> ever want to be? Like what, what's the purpose in controlling the planet? They are just like an empire that expands. Like uh, there's some backstory. I don't can't remember that well, but it's like their home planet is just like awful. They just like live in these like these like puddles and they just like wanted more. They like wanted to like explore and, and conquest. Right. And they realized that they can like go in through your ear and like make themselves really flat and just live in like in between your like skull and your brain and like control you. And so that's what they do. But here's the rule with them. They, uh, have to go recharge, uh, every three days, in, every three days into mm-hmm. these little pools that are like their, their atmosphere or whatever it's like these rays they have to absorb so like jake who's their leader of the the these kids one of the books is him just being infected and it's just the back and forth between the the yurk in his head and him like the internal monologue because the kids have just taken him and like chained him up in a shed in the woods for three days right and just waiting for this yurk to die and like crawl out of crawl out of his ear and he's just like torturing jake the whole time Mm. um and so this is what i'll say about this series uh, that they look stupid. There's bad things about them, but what I actually truly l- still enjoy, and I think is what is cool f- as a kid series, is there's tons of morally gray things that happen. All the kids uh, and everything that happens to them builds up over time. So like, there's a lot of parts in this book since it's near the end where 
Jake, who's the leader, is just like shell shocked and just like not there. Right. She keeps saying like, because he's the, a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm, yeah, because gonna... because he had to make these decisions. I don't think they mention it in this book. That we're outside of his maturity level. He basically did like a genocide on like thousands of Yurks in a pool once Mm. and like killed like thousands of them when they were all bathing in this pool. And he like has all this guilt about that. And because Cassie, who's the narrator of this book and Jake are like, you know, they like each other. You know, and so that they have this like link that's more. So let me go through the. the do kids. they have ke- telekinesis when they're morphing? They do. Okay. Because Andalites, um, they don't have mouths. That's just how they communicate. Is, is that way. So, um, so that it's actually kind of funny when the the kids when Axe, they're the Andalite, ver, you know, guy who's with them. He they all like were able to like combine their DNA into like one to create like a new human form and then he can like morph into that. Mm. So if he, he needs to be among humans, he's like, he can, he can, but since he doesn't have a mouth normally, whenever he's a human, he's just always like making weird sounds and stuff. Cause it's like so novel to him to be, have a <laughs> mouth. He's like constantly eating. And he's like, this is great. You know, I don't know. But, uh, so the kids are, it's Jake is the leader. Oh, and he's, let's go through all seven. Yeah. We'll go through them. He's just like Jake. the standard dude. Like he, like early on, he's just like kind of personality free but he becomes more jaded and like he has to make all these hard decisions right his cousin is rachel rachel she's the one who becomes kind of a psycho and like at first it seems like she just enjoys the excitement and adventure she always turns into like a grizzly bear and just like destroys people that's i feel like that's exactly what i do yeah and um then as the series goes on you realize that she's just like kind of a psychopath also okay she loves to kill stuff and she's always like gung ho of like let's just do it, you know, like calling yeah. them like you guys are pussies, well, you know, like she's wow. she's like very. I don't think she says that. That's book, aggressive language for a kids. It is aggressive. Well, I don't think she says that. Uh, there's Cassie who narrates this book, and she's kind of the more like thoughtful, like uh, cautious, like you know what I mean. Like let's think about this. Like she's okay. the, the empath of the group. She always turns into a wolf. That's her battle morph. Battle morph. Yeah, they, they choose like battle like morph. their go to like morphs for like fighting, and they all have their different ones. Jake is a tiger, I guess. Okay. Uh, then there's Marco, and he's like the comic relief guy. Okay. He turns. Oh, he's never been funny. He's not funny. Th- nothing is funny in these books, really. No. Honestly, it's not great. I mean, even I guess it's pitched at like twelve year olds, but even then, it's not. Even funny. then, it's not very funny. But he he always becomes a a gorilla. Yeah. And his in in the books, his mom was like taken and like like uh, they call them controllers when they have a yerk. A human has a yerk in its brain. Yeah. Like his mom was a controller for a long time and they finally got got her back. Right. Uh, and then there's Tobias, who's trapped as a hawk. And something interesting about him is it, it, he like comes from like a abusive family and stuff. And so that kind of explains like why he was like. I'm fine just stay. being a yeah. hawk and stuff. And uh, is that it? Is that seven? There, wait. Uh, and then there's Axe, who's the Andalite guy. Okay. And, yeah. So Here's what I'll say before we continue. Sure. For a group of people that truly believe the world is in their hands, mm-hmm. they are not very concerned about saving the world. They're very, <laughs> they wait for the wor- things to happen to them. They're not very proactive. They're very reactionary. Yeah. I mean, because, well, also they're kids, though. But it never specifies what age. Like, sometimes they talk. I think uh, when the series starts, they're like um, 12. Okay. So, like, literal 
tiny 12 year olds. That's how old Jon Snow was at the beginning of and Game of Thrones. And then I think it's about two years passes. So it's like, I think at this point they're like 13 or 14. All right, I'll give it to them. Okay. So anyway. And uh, so, yeah, so this book starts out and uh, I don't know. Here, here's the thing. The, I will say there's a, the thing that, that whoever wrote this, you know, I'm sure K.A. Applegate or whatever her name is wrote the outline for it. You know, this should mm-hmm. happen. But whoever actually wrote the book and I think this happens in a lot of them, is the action, this, the description of action in them is extremely bad. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, no, uh, you know, zap. You know, I went down. I felt, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it, it's very... Uh, there was a Draco gun pointed at my head. Didactic of yeah. like, this happened, this happened, this happened. Totally. Where like other books, they don't actually try to like explain every single movement in like a combat scene Mm -hmm. they'll just more give like an expressionistic view you know impressionistic view of like here's 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 also what's been you know what happened all of it all of it's kind of bad (laughs) but i don't have an issue with that concept yeah no the quality of the writing is not good i don't think i don't think if it's geared towards nine to 12 year olds Mm -hmm. that you need to have too much that would impede them Yes. You need you need that kind of basic stuff as a beginning level book. No, I agree. I think like it is pitched like it is written appropriately for who it's pitched at. What I would say what what is like I said, what is good about it is the concepts and actually the slow character development over the series. Right. And sort of the it's not realistic, but like the realistic toll that the war takes on the kids, you know. And um, I I will say like that. that. So so Again, we have to go back to the concept of the podcast, which is, as an adult, I would not recommend this to a 30-year-old to read. No. Or a 20-year-old. No. But if you were to say, hey, you know, a 9-year-old doesn't understand, it, it doesn't have enough life experience, or a 12-year-old mm-hmm. doesn't have enough life experience, enough maturity, enough empathy, enough anything to really understand these deep human emotions, right? Yeah. So you have to give them basically one heavy-handed mm-hmm. emotion, kind of shove it down their head throat, yeah, and give them a lot of scenarios for it, and then kind of move on. You can't expect them to infer things and empathize. I mean, they're just too much. And if that's the case, like, the whole point of this book is like, hey, people with disabilities are people too. <laughs> that's the whole point. And they yeah. just bash that in your brain the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, are they? And you're like, and everyone's like, I don't know, are they? They are! And it's just like, hey, guess what? If you have a disability, you are a normal person. Yeah, they they create a moral, uh, like, problem, right? Like, is this... So, so basically... Sorry, we'll go back to the summary. But I I would say that's the... That's kind of... They have one lesson. Mm -hmm. That's the lesson. Yeah, yeah. I know I agree. And so, so basically... I don't want to go through everything, but basically... Can I go they, through everything to go quicker? Because you spent 45 minutes no, 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 talking I'm, about the first six characters. No, listen, I'm, I'm done with that you, part. I'm, I'm done with that part. You. So basically, they have to... They are... They're, they've, like, allied with some other factions of these aliens, but basically they're feeling like they need more help. That the Kajabar bar. The, the Hork-Bajor. Hork-Bajor. They, they need more help, and they're trying to figure out, like, who could we, like, recruit? Right. Because they've got the blue morphine. And I will say, I actually did like that, that, like, I don't know, for the first two chapters, which was, like, 12, (laughs) 
six pages. Yeah, these books, first of all, these books are extremely short. Like, this one is like 80 pages long with big type, with big type. On, the, on the page. Like, it's they go extremely fast, yeah. uh, which is fine because yeah, of the for ch- yeah. children. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But so, anyway, back to the just what I'm saying is yeah. I liked that I liked that they had like an issue, like, hey, this isn't working. Let's have a, let's solve it. Mm-hmm. So they get together and they're like, we need more help. Like there's just not enough of us. The war is getting worse. Like the infestation spreading. We're losing. They've realized they always, the, always the Yurks thought that the Animorphs were a bunch of Andalites. Cause those are the only, you know, species that can morph. Right. But now they found out that they're humans. humans. They know where their families are and stuff. They're on the run. So they, they decide like, well, we need to, we can't, <laughs> this is that ageism. Like we can't uh, recruit adults. Because adults don't understand. They don't understand. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do, I don't and really parents, get their reasoning behind that. No, the reason is, is because they're <laughs> too, they're, they're not creative enough. Like they can't wrap their head around the mm. fact that there's aliens, which yeah. is, which is, I'm fine. It's a plot contrivance because you can't have adults do it. Yeah. But in reality, if you were like, Hey, look at me, I can change everything because of these aliens. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, I guess this has shattered yeah, my reality. Like I just saw this with my eyes. And, and now, now I'm not going to let these dumb kids make decisions for us anymore. I'm in charge of all the morphs. Yeah. And you morons need to just <laughs> go back to yeah, doing go to your, one, go go to to your the room. Mall. Go, yeah. go freaking scrub the floor, you dumb kid. So basically. <laughs> like the parents yeah. never take over and they needed to from the beginning. Yeah, it's funny. And, well, and like the, half of them like are dead or like gone at this point. So it's kind of like whatever. But Because here's the thing. That I would say, so this is one thing that I thought was funny as I was, cause the parents, you know, like they kind of buy into this, okay, aliens are attacking. Let's mm-hmm. be part of it. And they're like, all right, well, our kids turn into bears, tigers, mm-hmm. lions, you know, gorillas. Do you know what, do you know what animal would kill all of those? I don't know. A human with an automatic weapon. <laughs> And they have so many times. And so I don't know why they're just not like, do you know what's better than a battle morph? An AK-47. You I can know, turn into I a know. bear all you I mean, want. Th- that's the whole like suspension but, of disbelief of this series. Is it like the best way to fight aliens? Like with like tr- truly alien technology of like ray guns. And they're like other species like the hork are like these big, tall beaked like things with like blades on them yeah like is to just be a bear and like attack yeah. them as a bear like that doesn't make any sense but i, I but i would also, say this again if you look for a 10 year old yeah i mean turning into a bear would be awesome and i'm not reading this to be like how to solve the alien yeah. problem in your backyard and I, and I you're think having honestly, a fun time honestly part of it of the whole point of the series is also to teach kids about different animals that's cool. That's I like really that. true. Like they, 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 in almost every uh, book, like, there's a different animal that they'll like. If I was ten, I wouldn't know what an osprey was. Yeah, I, I think I probably learned about some animals from this. I like that when I was a kid. So my history of this, I read these. I was probably twelve, twelve to, uh, or maybe I was thirteen. I don't think they came out maybe until around then, and I read them for a few years until I was maybe thirteen or fourteen, and kind of was like, these are too. I liked the story. I you was like invested. Them. Yeah, I was invested in the story and stuff. Right. But at that time, I was also reading like more adult things and reading these felt like I felt like dumb doing it. Like I was totally. like, I can't. These are for younger kids than me. Which so is I fair. But I will say this. You know, it's interesting when you get into books, which so much and, and most, you know, literature that's worth reading deals mm-hmm. with these human emotions. And if you're not reading books that are on that level, they're kind of a waste of time. Like this is a waste of my time. Yeah. But 
On the other hand, when I was 14, for school or some other thing, I read A Day No Pigs Would Die, Mm -hmm. which is about a boy who loses his father. Mm -hmm. And that was a complete waste of my time then (laughs) because I had no empathy. Like, I was so about myself. I'd be like, why is he sad? Like, get over your dad dying. What are you doing, (laughs) you dork? I'm sorry that he won't. Like, it's, it's a very, like, if you're... You know, you have to have an emotional maturity to kind of appreciate certain books mm-hmm. or other ones don't, which is interesting compared to, say, the comic book or the the movies that we've watched or different things, like how it can kind of span mm-hmm. more things. Like you can, like my kid can enjoy a Disney cartoon mm-hmm. and I can enjoy a Disney cartoon. Yeah. And we can all enjoy it together. My children and I will not enjoy the same books mm-hmm. for years. That doesn't mean that. Yeah. But it's important to have levels of books. It's true because it's like what I admire about this series is that for it is remarkably mature in some ways for its audience. Right. But it's not like I'm going to go back and read these because. Yeah. You know, like your level of maturity is so much past. It. Exactly. So but I'd also say, again, I like that it's heavy handed in its maturity. Mm-hmm. Like this has pretty one lesson that it wants to teach you. Yeah. Which I think is a good lesson, frankly. Yeah. So so back. So back to the story. They are like, we need to recruit kids, more kids. But they're like, well, we don't know, though, who is infected and who isn't. So the, they're like, we, the only kids we know that wouldn't be are disabled kids because we know that the Yurks don't don't take Yark. them. So they're like, okay, where can we find disabled kids? Like, yeah. they like jump to that conclusion very quickly. It almost kind of made me laugh. They're like, where's a hospital? Where's yeah. the disabled? Right. And so they, they just go find peop- some. They like yeah, sneak it's in. awesome. They go into a place yeah. with like kids with all these wheelchairs and they're like, hey, this is what it is. And yeah, the kids there's are like, like a guy, kid with like cerebral palsy. But the palsy. other cool there's thing is, like, and this was another one is like, yeah. if you morph, you go back to the way you were born. And it like changes your raw DNA. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to human form, you'll still have, or no, the guy gets healed, huh? Yeah. So it's like if they So it reheals. Yeah. But it's like if you had a genetic condition. It won't do that. It won't do that. So like. But if you got injured, like mm -hmm. paralyzed, the kid got hit by a drunk driver. Yeah. Right. And so he's paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some of those kids, they, so they, they go to this hospital, explain it to the kids. And like, one of them is like the, like this leader guy and he gets it right away. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, I'll tell the others, like, it's cool. And they, they get like five of them. Yeah. They break out the cube, just give them powers. which seems wildly irresponsible. And that's kind (laughs) of the moral conundrum there is, is like, these are, you know, you're going to, these kids are probably going to die. They're inexperienced. You know, is that morally okay Mm -hmm. when, is you know if if the upside is like saving the human race and so that's kind of what they have to deal with and so the yeah the whole book is about you know like you said teaching kids that di- that disabled kids are just kids they're not like you know yeah or that a disability or isn't a your disability defining is characteristic yeah. that it's just a norm like all of it's great mm-hmm. I I really like that part and the kids are like yeah we're down and yeah. then they're like we're ready to fight too and then they go to another hospital and get even more of them but I would say the moral yeah they do go to uh, this is my issue though the moral ambiguity of hey there's a war for the entire planet mm-hmm. should four people die I've never that's always been dumb to me yeah like it's like of course yeah <laughs> yeah they should 
you know, and it, well, it, have you seen the all the Marvel movies? Are you caught up on those? Not the last one. Not the very last one. Well, no. even even in Endgame, so you've seen that one. Not Endgame. The what's the one before that? Uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah. What bugs me? I like those. Yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, where they're all like, but should the should like, the alien guy we made? Yeah. Is his life worth? He, so vision half is of the vision planet, is like half of the universe. He's like, if we destroy this thing in my head, it will stop Thanos. So. I'm going to sacrifice myself. Yeah. And Captain America's like, no, we don't, we don't do that. And it's like, yeah, we do. You did it yourself. You dumbass. Like <laughs> in your own movie, you sacrificed your life. You crashed an airplane to save like New York from getting bombed. Yeah. And now you're like telling this guy, he can't do the exact same thing for the and, entire universe. And it totally would have worked because he never would have gotten all the stones. Yeah. It doesn't matter because whatever, that was the whole plan. But I just think that's a funny little thing that, you no, know. No, I've just, like, I've never liked that contrivance. Yeah. I watched, spoiler alert, my media recommendation at the end of this. <gasps> oh no, what is it? Should I say, uh, last night I watched Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs versus uh, Shaw. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I've, I'll talk, I'll talk that. about it. But anyway, there's a, I mean, it doesn't matter to the point. You get it within the first two minutes of the movie. But there's a, there's a basically a virus that this uh, woman injects herself with, and if mm-hmm. they don't cure in 48 hours, then it'll go global and, like, take out half the world's population. Uh-huh. And there are two ways. They can either break into a hugely secured vault, yes, murdering everyone in it, and extract the DNA, or just burn her alive. And they're like, we'll never burn her alive. And she's like, <laughs> no, that's the best plan. You should definitely just kill me. <laughs> and they're like, that's not how we do it. And you're like... We don't kill. Yeah. Risk, risk, benefit. Yeah, especially no, if the person is willing. I mean, this is like it's <laughs> that always bothered me about the Infinity War. Like, I think everybody they were like, yeah, they're like, what? No, this no. this made up creature that you created mm-hmm. now wants to destroy its own sentience. Like, th- and then he dies anyways. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but uh, yeah, so so that's basically all that happens in this book. They get these kids, they fight the the guys and really they don't win they just kind of like fight to a but they do come to a draw and are able to escape none of the kids actually die which i guess is good um there's Has some, anyone died in 50 books um well david david's a, not dead he's just alone on an island uh, i think actually they do kill him because then like he comes oh. back and they have to kill him oh okay. i think sometimes people die but uh like um, Jake's older brother is like one of the high up people and that's where a lot of the drama comes from. But he's one of the high up people that has the thing in his brain. Yeah. I mean, that's what I meant. He's one of the high up, uh, of the Yerk people. Yeah. And so there's like, Oh no, you know, mm-hmm. and then he, he can't, he, Jake is about to kill him, kill his own brother. And Cassie like stops him. You can't, I won't let you, which is kind of dumb. I thought she was going to kill the brother. So he didn't have to, well, I liked it. The very, I end. think that would be better, <laughs> but she just like stops him and then he escapes. Right. Well, I do like how she says like, if he kills him, he'll go into despair. Mm-hmm. Like that PTSD you're talking about, like yeah. he's gone through all these issues and killing his brother. will throw him off the edge. I like that. Or his brother will kill him. So either way I'm losing Yes. I'm losing my buddy, so I can't let him. Mm-hmm. I like that. That was a good moral decision at the very end. Yeah, no, that's good. And and so, you know, obviously these are like ongoing, like a serial of, you know, thing. So like nothing really gets solved. Yeah. Um, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. I've not read the rest of these. Like I stopped reading the books before they were done, but I just read online what actually happens. This is what happens. Okay. I don't know the details, <laughs> but I know that. They win the war, you know, quote unquote, win the war. 
But then they're just like kind of launched into another An ongoing war. Yeah, with like other like it doesn't really end. Everyone sort of ends up uh like disillusioned and they can't go back to their normal lives because they're kind of so into into the war thing. Yeah. At least Jake. Um Rachel the co- the cousin who's like kind of the psycho like volunteers for like basically a suicide mission and interesting. Dies. So she's dead. Okay. Um, and the rest of them can't really move on and they just kind of like keep fighting, but there's not like a real resolution. And I saw this online the other day and I thought it was really interesting. I guess a lot of the readers were not happy with the ending. It wasn't as right. definitive as they would have liked, you know, and it wasn't you gotta like have a, a definitive, especially ending. like a 54 book well, series. It, it wasn't like happy necessarily. And so, uh, this this uh, author posted a response, and I want to read it. Because, oh, the actual author. Mm-hmm, yeah, this is K A Applegate. I don't know what her name actually is. Like K A K A, whatever that stands for. I think it's Kalik Bajor Ajor <laughs> or whatever. But I just I think this is nice because it kind of sums up what the series is about and okay. why it has value. So she says, "Dear Animorph Animorphs readers, quite a number of people seem to be annoyed by the final chapter in the Animorph story. There are a lot of complaints that I let Rachel die, that I let Vizier three slash one live, that Cassie and Jake broke up, that Tobias seems to have been reduced to unexpressed grief, that there was no grand." final fight to end all fights that there was no happy celebration and everyone is mad about the cliffhanger ending so i thought i'd respond animorphs was always a war story wars don't end happily not ever often relationships that were central during war dissolve during peace some people who are brave and fearless in war are unable to handle peace feel disconnected and confused other times people in war make the move to peace very easily always people die in wars and always people are left shattered by the loss of loved ones. That's what happens, so that's what I wrote. Jake and Cassie were in love during the war and end up going their separate ways afterwards. Jake, who was so brave and capable during the war, is adrift during the peace. Marco and Axe, on the other hand, move easily past the war and even manage to use their experience uh, to good effect. Rachel dies and Tobias will never get over it. That doesn't by any means cover everything that happens in war, but it's a start. Here's what doesn't happen in war. There are no wondrous climactic battles that leave the good guys standing tall and the bad guys lying in the dirt. Life isn't a World Wrestling Federation smackdown. Even the people who win a war, who survive and come out the other side with the conviction that they have done something brave and necessary, don't do a lot of celebrating. There's very little chanting of we're number one among people who've personally experienced war. I'm just a writer and my main goal was always to entertain, but I've never let Animorphs turn into just another painless video game version of war and I wasn't going to do it at the end I spent 60 books telling a strange fanciful war story sometimes very seriously sometimes more tongue-in-cheek I've written a lot of action and a lot of humor and a lot of sheer nonsense but I've also again and again challenged readers to think about what they were reading to think about the right and wrong not just the who beat who and to tell you the truth I'm a little shocked that so many readers seem to believe i'd wrap it all up with a lot of high-fiving and backslapping. wars very often end sad to say just as ours did with a nearly seamless transition into another war so you don't like the way our little fictional war came out you don't like rachel dead and tobias shattered and jake guilt-ridden you don't like that one war simply led to another fine pretty soon you'll be all be a voting age and of draft age so when someone proposes a war remember even the most necessary wars even the rare wars where uh, the lines of good and evil are, are clear and clean 
end with a lot of people dead, a lot of people crippled, and a lot of orphans, widows, and grieving parents. If you're mad at if you're mad at me because that's what you have to take away from Animorphs, too bad. I couldn't have written any other way and remain true to the respect I have always felt for Animorphs readers. I love it. Isn't that wild? That's the best. Are you like, joking? I read that and I was like, man, she doesn't like that was. And, it, and it, that's kind of what brought back all these memories of like, yeah, there, that was like, there's a lot of weird, silly stuff. But really, in the end, the, this series is kind of about these kids getting like totally messed up because they're in this war way too young. Right. And apparently, so I didn't read those last books, but it just kind of ends, you know, and good. And people were mad, but I love her response. That response so is the best. I think the part about like, well, you'll be a voting age soon. So totally remember. And like, I think every voting citizen should remember that about war. She, yeah. Nothing she said was untrue. Yeah. So anyway, that was great. I thought it was dynamite. I'm glad you read the whole thing. <laughs> when I saw that, I it was, was like, long. you're not going to read that whole thing. Yeah, I did. We should read it again. Let's read it again. Okay. Don't do that. Okay. Please. No. So uh, I honestly, I think we've talked about it enough. I would say to get to our, like to my summary of thoughts and whether I would recommend this or, you know, whatever. No, I would not recommend it as for adults. No, I would totally recommend it for a twelve-year-old. A hundred percent. As a gateway into you know more serious. Depending on his reading fiction. level. Yeah, that's true. Or her. Yeah, just you know. Girls can I, read now too. It's the twentieth century. <laughs> that's what I meant. Twenty-first century. Come on. You didn't even say it. I said it. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's great for kids. Um, it's kind of dark and, and it's exciting, and it's kind of dumb too. But that's fine. And they go fast. They're super so, fast. Go they for get it. you ready to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can be reading Stephen King or whatever else you're going to read and having fun. It's that. really interesting, um, you know, with children's media and now that I'm a father and you have kind of this media coming in and you say, all right, there's good stuff and bad stuff, but mm-hmm. there's also just like wastes of your time. Yeah. There's dumb stuff and stuff that's worth your time. Like mm-hmm. I think that fiction, especially good fiction, has a lot of, you know, let's just say it. A value, mm-hmm. that's a word. Anyway, but like, there's so many like, so like Transformers, I don't know what the original was, but like mm-hmm. all the knockoffs, including the recent movies, all the, com- like that's all just a waste of everyone's time. Mm-hmm. No one should be consuming it. My kid loves Transformers because he loves the idea of transforming into stuff. Mm-hmm. That's fine. He's young, wants to get into it. But like, yeah. how long do you let that go? Or do you watch <laughs> a show that always has like a moral thing or like mm-hmm. lesson? I mean, do you always have to be learned? But these are the better ones. Yeah. Um, there is a value of like getting into a different world mm-hmm. and saying like, boy, it'd be cool. What would my animal be? What would my issue be? And then mm-hmm. let these kind of moral issues kind of go to the, to the bad, to the, not the bad stuff, but like in your, in the back of your head. Cause I don't think any, you know, 10 year old is reading this and distinctly saying like, Hey, I had preconceived notions about what, the differently abled could do. Yeah. I think kids, kids take, um, like you said, they're not able to process, um, allegory very well, or like any sort of devices like that, where it's like, draw your conclusion. That's why these books have to be so like spell everything out. Right. And I think that's fine. Like it's funny. I remember what also when I was a kid, I read the, um, Chronicles of Narnia books, right? which, you know, anyone who's familiar with any sort of, Christianity of, of any sort, you would start reading those and be like, oh, this is what great big old Christian allegory, right? right. And very specific things in the different books, mm-hmm. like represent different things. I read all of those books when I was a kid, and not until the very end, I was like, oh my gosh, 
Aslan? That's that's like Jesus. Yeah. Like I was so slow to put it put it together. Totally. And I don't think it's because I was like a dumb kid. Maybe that's what it was. But I think it's just kids are not really wired to do that. I'm I'm a hundred percent of the opinion that they are that that you just learn at such a like you just can't. Mm-hmm. And then once I did realize that, it like blew my mind because there's one of those later ones where it's like. Um, there's like a donkey who puts on the lion skin. Right. He's like the antichrist, like going around. Right. But I didn't, you know, but I like put, I like realized it. I right. was like, Oh, that's what that is. There's a lot of bad, weird racism stuff in those too, but that's okay. I think there's still, I don't, I don't know anything about, but Have I don't you not read those. I think I read the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. And I remember like Prince Caspian, but I don't remember the stories in any there's just like the way. the like other country next to like where Aslan is is like the dark uh, coded muslim people who are like savages and like it's just not very uh pc uh, well not even pc it's just like it doesn't if you're if you're trying if he's explicitly creating an allegory right. about christianity and about like then our it doesn't world, work. then 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 what are these people they have to be something right they can't just also be some fictional construct so it's like you have to connect them to like middle eastern muslims interesting and so you know what i mean well i don't know i don't know if you i haven't read it so i can't argue it with you oh no let's argue right now <laughs> uh but no. i want to say one story about yes. just kids remember that my story I will forever remember. I think I'm like 15, 16. Mm-hmm. My English teacher has this short story about a guy who gives a love potion to his wife mm-hmm. or like a woman he's infatuated with, right? Yeah. Who becomes his wife. But the, and you're like, all right, six love potion. That's all right. So it's unconditional love, mm-hmm. but the guy gets like bored mm. and falls out of love with this person who will never challenge him. will never do anything. It's just like mm-hmm. head over heels. Everything he does, like, He's the worst. She's still in love. Mm -hmm. He cheats on her, still in love. Like, she's sad, but, like, he can't, like, and it breaks him Mm -hmm. just like it breaks her. Like, it's wild how this, like, unconditional love would break them. Yeah. And I remember the story, and I went back, and it's like, yeah, that's really, that's really a good, that's a great short story. Mm -hmm. Shows a lot about, like, you think about what love is, how you care about it, blah, blah, blah. Lost on everyone, not <laughs> not one person. And this is when now you're, later on, you're I, in tenth grade, so yeah. you're uh, like sixteen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But you don't. I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you had. Maybe you were think, much more mature. At that no, age. I think the only way I was like doing like drawing conclusions like that in high school was when I took like AP English, and they make you right when they're like, okay, write an essay. But about that's the class I was in, and they this... were trying to make me make oh, those connections, yeah. and I wouldn't do them. Yeah, they they just make you do it, and I didn't like it. I remember at the time being like, oh, we're reading Tess of the Durbervilles, great, and I have to like talk about paganism versus like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. I I'd never enjoyed literary analysis, even though I took classes like that in college, and right. I could just make stuff up. But it's I like, love literary analysis now. I just wasn't good at it. Yeah, I don't love it okay. ever, really. But okay. but no, yeah, no. I, I always uh, like it because worst case scenario, you can just make stuff up. It's like all of the answers are yeah, right. You if can you just, back them up. Yeah, you could you can make whatever up. So like if someone say wanted to slander C.S. Lewis and say that he was racist <laughs> against Muslims, they could. They could. Are do you that. telling me that a guy born in <laughs> England in like the the 1910s was not racist? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Because oh, I bet there was like 
12 of those people <laughs> in all of England, you know? Because even, you know, you talk about Tolkien and stuff and, like, his, you know, like, yeah. the orcs and whatever. Like, I don't think they were bad people. Well, the I'm orcs just saying they held the orcs were the bad views. guys, but there were humans who were definitely yeah. representative of Eastern peoples. Yes, for sure. So, anyway, uh, the Animorphs. I think they're good books for kids. I would not read them now. Revisiting them here's did my not question. make me sad, though. I no, didn't feel yeah, like, okay. oh, I wasted my time with these as a kid. I still think they're cool kid books for a kid. Here's the problem. The covers are bad. <laughs> they're just very bad and stupid. Yeah. I think... I don't, maybe they've done this, but like they need to make better covers, uh, like cooler illustrations and stuff and just re-release the whole series. Okay. And I bet there'd be like another craze. You should write her a letter and she'll be like, covers were never meant <laughs> to convey the message <laughs> I wanted. It to now be. there's people like me who are an adult who read them as a kid who probably want their kids to read them. And it would like start off this thing because these were popular enough that there was a TV show. Right. On Nickelodeon, which right. I never saw because we didn't have cable, but. I mean, it was popular enough that, yeah, it was like a multi-media franchise. Right. So that's my, that's my thoughts about it. Here's what I'll say about it. Yeah. As far as like two things. One, you'd want your kids to read it. That's cool. Yeah. The crazy thing about that is like, there's so many books written for that age group. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting to be like, okay, what do you want them to consume? Mm-hmm. I would say how to reading this. I'd be cool with maybe a kid consuming some of this. Yeah. Like, I'd be cool to read it with my son. Mm-hmm. So, right? I don't know if the other ones can read ever, but <laughs> ever? the older one will probably be able to. <laughs> well, I don't know. You never know with them, you know? I think. I'm joking. I know they won't. Anyway, the point Well, is... I guess you don't know then, though, because you really don't. <laughs> That's true. You're right. I don't. But <laughs> the other thing is, do you think that we could ever visit a book that we would recommend to an adult that we liked when we were 12. If that's I, the question that would be. I, I like, think there are those types of books. And despite what I said about it, I think things like the Chronicles of Narnia would be good would right be, now. I think I could probably enjoy those as an adult. Right. Because there's enough there. Uh, for both sides. For both sides where he's playing with, you know, religious allegory. He's doing some interesting world building um, and things like that. And then also there are these, these adventure stories built in. It's all of it. Yeah. Okay. And so I think there, there are some, but I think most like books that are specifically written for kids in the last 20 years, I say, no, not at all. Right. Other than maybe Harry Potter, which is, yeah, that's timeless. true. And even Harry Potter though, like it ages up as the books go on. Right. So like even the last few books are not really, I would not say those are for kids necessarily. Right. Those are young adult version for of just adult. S- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, I think there's a couple, but, but not much. And I think that's okay. Like, like we were saying, most of, most books like that are kind of like, not good. Although I haven't read very many. Like I know people love, um, like some series, like what's that one? They made movies of it. Um, diary of a wimpy kid or like, uh, more humorous ones. Like, um, you know, mixed up stories from sideways school or whatever those were. I don't know. No, it was like a, a, some books about this school where it was supposed to be an elementary school that had like, you know, like one floor and like all the classrooms were in a row and they built it like straight up. Interesting. And so it was like, I don't know what it was like 40, 40 stories tall. And there was just one classroom on each floor Okay, and all these wacky stories. That's cool. Okay. Um, maybe that would be okay. You know, maybe as an adult, I could find some like humor, humor, like right. it seemed okay. Um, but I, yeah. I do like that about, uh, about that. This is written for those type of kids 
And I like her. That letter made me like it even more. Yes. Like this that was like, hey, you know what? You're going to be voting age soon. You're mm-hmm. 13 when you read it. And not everything's happy. And I'm sorry. And war is always bad. Yes. And war is always bad. I think I think that message and not to not to get too political, but like that message that like war is bad and not something that like is ever good. Ever, I love ever that she's like in any even winners don't high five. Yeah, it is like something we don't actually hear that much. Like our at least in the US our our society is so primed to worship the idea of war and worship like you know, the participants in it, you have to respect the troops. You have to yeah. like agree that like, it's okay to spend like billions and billions on yeah, military, on industrial military complex, yeah. what, you know what I mean? And, and which I don't, and no. it makes me feel like I'm some weird far left person when I'm like, I don't want to have to like, you know, all the, anyway, I don't want to get it too far. I wouldn't even it. say it's, yeah, just, but, I don't but, know if it's far left as much as just Outside of either spectrum. Yeah. So within the national, like, yeah. So if you say stuff like that, people, people do get really aggressive. They do. Like I saw a news story and I can totally see this happening in our fair state here, but like some kid didn't take his hat off the national anthem in Montana and some adult came up and grabbed him, picked him up and threw him down on his head and it fractured his skull because he didn't take his hat off. Yeah. And uh, I think that's messed up. Personally, I will say maybe this, that's though. just me. I don't know if you I saw the mugshot of the dude. That. I think he was just waiting <laughs> to throw someone somewhere. I but know, you're but, right. But there is this pressure. It's like if you're at a parade or you're at a, a game, you know, of some sort. Which why do we do the national anthem before every basketball game? Makes no sense, honestly. Like why? Yeah. Why do we have to do that? I don't know. I don't tradition. I I don't stand up and I don't put my hand over my heart. Interesting. And I just and I just look around and I see people looking at me, staring daggers at me, and there's this weird social pressure. And it's like I'm not going to be performatively patriotic for you guys, right? And if someone, I I so want someone to like say something to me, <laughs> like why don't you stand up? I I you know because what I think it'd be funny to tell them I'm a Canadian. That, like, okay. I'm not even, you know, or just be like, mind your own business. Or it would just be like, you know, patriotism within America. Civic nationalism is is very much interpreted by the individual. Yeah, that's the entire purpose. Like, you don't not love America. Yeah, there's a you just you just say this is not. There's a Wilco song that uh, that he says I would I would salute the ashes of American flags. Wow. Okay. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like that's like one of the highest forms of patriotism is that like, right. you're exercising your rights and stuff like that. I didn't mean to go off on this. Yeah, I'm not a very political. political. I'm not that pol- I feel like I'm not that political of a person. I just have This is what I'll say about the war one going back to Yeah, it. no, I just think that's a good that's a that's a subtly radical message that we actually don't hear that much in our society. And I think it's good for kids to hear that that it's like nothing good comes out of war even if you win the war. You know, you've just broken a generation. Of so there's a speech kids. that I, if you're into this, that I'd want you to listen to. It's called "Why I'm Against the War in Vietnam" by Martin Luther King Jr. And I don't know if you've heard it. I've uh, read that once. Okay, it's so good. It's just amazing. It's great. And he's like, "Don't they know? Don't mm-hmm. they know that I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and as a follower of Christ? Like the good word was meant for all people. Yeah. And I can't, I can't wish Mao or Castro." With death, I have to share with them my life. I can't go to war. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them, apart from the, like, I can't support a country that, like, will segregate kids in the street and then send the poor off to war and mm-hmm. bring them home and segregate them. It, it's an interesting, I mean, 
some people argue that like that stance like mm-hmm. is why he gets killed. Oh, the anti-war stance more than anything else right. that he's doing. Hmm. I can see that. I don't know. We did get a little political. I mean, I don't know anything. I think that speech is amazing. Yeah. But I will say just her thing of like war is always bad mm-hmm. is it's a great one. Like necessary. Yeah. Like, it necessary at times. Yes. But it, never. It's funny. It, never. It idealistic. reminds me that reminds me of uh, like video games recently. So, you know, you are a fan of the Fallout series. I am a huge the fan of Fallout series. The famous line that starts all of them, right, is war never changes. Right. So it also has this theme of like. Uh, Fallout is an inherently very political game. Totally. Because it's about the excesses of capitalism mm-hmm. causing this downfall of society and then and then also about like the nature of war. And it's um, not just that's true, but it is the communists also. Like yeah, communist no, China. I know, but it's a it's it's more environmentalism. Like you've used too many of the earth's resources. Yeah, that's true. But, but it's I, both. Okay. But what I'm saying is, uh, you know, gamers are like notoriously just the shittiest people, right? <laughs> Everyone knows that and agrees on that, right? I, so <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so I don't know if like so the worst ever, but like but but every time there's a game that like includes a character, a new game, right? That includes a character that's like not a white male, right? They get a lot of these gamers will get very mad. You that know? is true. It's like, oh, there's a especially like more like hot topic things like this new game had a, a trans uh, person in it. Okay. And it's like their rallying cry is keep politics out of my games. Like, why are you putting all these politics <laughs> into my games? And then so I saw a post of someone just posting the plots of a, all the most famous and successful video game franchises. That are all They're politics. all politics. Like, totally. Like uh, Bioshock. Yeah. Explicitly about political ideology. Yeah. Like Bioshock is about a failed, you know, libertarian, you know, and Randian yeah. thing that falls down. Then the second one is like goes the other way, and it's like about socialism. And the third one is about you know American exceptionalism and right. racism. And like they're all political. It's just so funny that the the people will only interpret like that term of like you're getting political now if if they don't agree with it or right. they're not like you know what I mean. I but think I it goes say, back to I what remember... we were saying though that like people will not um, they will not connect the dots. They, they don't have critical, you know what I mean? Like even people, if they're just wanting to play a video game, this isn't even necessarily a bad thing. I just want to plop down and play a video game. It's, I'm not it's gonna meant there, to be mindless. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and analyze because, it. Yeah. yeah, I play them because I need something that doesn't take mm-hmm. all my time. Like it's a decompression. Yeah, it's so not. maybe some of these people really do think that. They're like, oh, these games I play are not inherently political, but it's just hilarious that they li- right. they, they all are. It is interesting that people, but I will say, I don't know a lot of it. I just remember one story. One good game was called The Witcher 3, you know, The Witcher oh, yeah. series, mm-hmm. which takes place in Poland, mm-hmm. um, or like a fantasy like version a of Poland. Like a medieval fantasy which Poland, is, yeah. Which is an interesting case, by the way, this is a sub note, because going back to her story about like everything has to end, you know, nicely, mm-hmm. um, you know, in 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 the Witcher series, like his country is taken from him, like mm. his home country is dissolved by a larger force, mm-hmm. and the Polish, you don't know about larger forces that want to take your country. Yes. Whereas America would never write a a story like that. You yes. Just, and so, 
I'm it was actually, just a different ending. Like he has to come to terms. Mm-hmm. It's a subplot. It's not the main plot, but he has to come to terms with it. But what I'm trying to say is people really railed on that game for not having more diversity. Mm. And the Polish team was like, well, it's set in medieval Poland. Yeah. So there's only white characters. I mean, we're going to bring some Arabs in later yeah. or Arab type people. But for the most part, it's not the world that was created by this sci- by this fantasy writer we based all the games off of. Yeah. Like, we don't. That's the only one I know. And I don't know if they do this about every one. I don't know the other side of it. There's always, but I could totally see people getting like mad about either side, just being like, you didn't do what I expected you mm-hmm. to do. How dare you? Well, I mean, it's just it's just a bigger part of like the culture war that, that is going on right now, where it's like a lot of the th- stuff in video games is like, um, all these, you know, like they basically like work all the workers to death, you know, to make oh, yeah. these games they like do. by the deadlines. And so a lot of the workers are like, this is bad. And like, you know, maybe we could have a union or like, maybe we could just like not work like 80 hours a week, every week. Yeah. And, and then other people. And so then there's a lot of like leftist people being like, yeah, like you should unionize, like, come on guys. And then the counter to that is like the whole like well you should be lucky to have a job you know what i mean like everything turns into that anyway yeah so video games sorry that was a tangent (laughs) it went on a big one but i think the entire point (sighs) was just like i don't know war's bad war's bad can we can this uh can this title be war's bad sure war's bad the animals see that's see that's cool so like who knew that like honestly this sort of kids kids stories you know it does like prime you to, to think about these bigger issues like that so right it's what i like it's nice All right. well there you go i just got quieter here oh hi sorry i my think your thing's here. not totally connected on the bottom uh, it might be uh, oh here the base did okay. i fix it is that better i don't know sorry now i think it just now i just made again. a bunch of noise on the on the mic sorry it's okay about that. i think they'll get over it maybe they won't <sighs> no one is listening at this point <laughs> Like, wait, what was this about? First, they talked about how car shopping is bad for a while. Very interesting subject. Uh, and then it was about, like, how patriotism is bad. I'm sure that will be very popular among anyone who hears this. Uh, wait, we did not talk about, well, never mind. I kind of did say that. And so I guess I have to stand behind it. <laughs> Performative patriotism is bad. I'll say that. Okay. So, so... I think we've summed up our thoughts on the Animorphs series. Right. Um, uh, would we, and, and also you talked a little bit about your current, uh, you want to recommend Hobbs and Shaw or do you just want to talk about it more? I want to talk about the media. First off, I will say this last week you recommended a show uh-huh. the last time you recommended a show called, Hey, get out of here. Or I think you should leave <laughs> as it was really called. Yes. And I went and watched it and it is the best. There's a scene there's a scene that you, you described the guy. Sorry, I moved away because your dog. I wanted him to come up and I want to rub his belly, but he won't. She's she's a woman. I didn't know that. That's okay. <laughs> hey, come here. Please come here. Anyway. You're disrupting us. <laughs> so come she, here. So this is the thing. So I watched that that skit show, and you're 100% right on your recommendation. Some skits are good. Yeah. Some are. Most of them are really good. Most of them and are pretty say, good. And I will say... The thing I really like about him is he starts off with a really good skit premise. Yes. And then it takes a, a, a left turn. Almost all of them take a left turn. Yes. So that one that one with the 
with the bad car ideas, you're like, all right, this is a goofy <laughs> dude who has bad car ideas. Yeah. But that's not what this gets about at the end. It's about them all making fun of that. They dude. all turn on the one reasonable guy in the room. And it's so funny that he's just so befuddled. And cause even the guy running it is like, you, you have to, you did it. Yeah, you, you did. You, you did gotta marry your mother-in-law. Yeah. And it's, it's a great one. It's so great. It's also just the fact that it's a weird Italian guy. Right. And so the, the voice is so funny. So like now all the time I'll say those lines to my wife and it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have to marry your mother-in-law just like the you have a no good car ideas yeah. it's so great it's so but good i would say that the other one that that wasn't even my favorite skit yeah. my favorite skit for it's, sure it's memorable but it's is the, the um baby of the year <laughs> like <laughs> where they bring out three babies and one of them's a bad boy and like these adults start booing this baby they hate that all, baby so much and they're all just sitting in a bumbos and they're just <laughs> babies and it's to so the point good. where they hate that baby so much a guy comes out to try to assassinate <laughs> yeah. the baby yeah oh man it was so funny um, but the premises are great. I think the best premise, like mm-hmm. if you were in a writer's room and they wrote this, um, was the, was when they go to the flight to London and he's like, you oh, don't remember me, uh-huh. do you? Yeah. 35 years ago, I was coming and you cried as a nine month old baby and I'm going to ruin this for you. <laughs> That's the best too, because it's Will Forte, who yeah. is just also very good in be- being an insane person, person on yeah. there. Yeah. So I thought I, uh, I thought it was I thought those were good. So we're doubling down on the you should I think you should leave wreck. I thought it was funny. Um, they're doing a season two, so hopefully yeah. it's. And I liked. Good. I also like how it's basically just like SNL guys who have more time to work on a good product rather than throwing something together and working with some diva from Hollywood every week. Yeah, and being no, like, well, what will you do, Britney Spears? Maybe oh, you I don't said this do last one? week, but I've always been an SNL apologist, but it's gotten yeah. not great. So, well, I'll say this: this is this was going to be my recommendation before I saw Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. Maybe can I make two since I never make good ones? Yeah, sure. So since I, I also showed you. I also talked to you about documentary now. Yes. Did you watch any of those? I've watched a few of them. I think the problem is with those is that they're all so specifically based on other famous documentaries, but I haven't seen most of them. And I feel like, I, get, I feel like I haven't seen any of them either out fully, like, um, everything out of it. I want to see the original so I can see how they're like spoofing it. Okay. I would say that regardless, I liked them. Did I haven't seen any of them? of them. Yeah. I think I watched all of them. Wow. Cause I think I'd seen, I saw gray gardens, which was the first one right. that it was based on. And I've seen, I think I saw the, the thin blue line. See, uh, I would say I haven't seen any on. of any of the documentaries they're based on, mm. but I still think it's a funny show. But the point I was trying to say about it is documentary now is is written by former SNL guys mm-hmm. who have a lot of time to work really the way they want to. Yeah, because I think that they're impeded by, you know, it's become a political issue. They have a week to do it. They have to work with Hollywood. And SNL has those kind of things against it, whereas these guys are just like, hey, we're funny and creative. And people throw money at them, and they make a good product. Yeah, I mean... Whether like, it's I Think You Should Leave or Documentary Yeah, the now. problem with SNL has never been that they don't have really talented people working on it. I think the format of the show doesn't work for, like, our modern times. Right. And Lorne Michaels sucks ass and needs to go. He's, like, <laughs> friends with Trump. It's, it doesn't... It doesn't... It's so such hollow satire when they're, like, making fun of him. Oh, really? When they had him on as a host... Yeah. And he told them... 
Lorne Michaels told the cast, don't go too hard on him. You know, yeah. it's okay. He's my old friend. And I just think it's so stupid. Anyway, uh, yeah, so documentary now. I would like I would like to watch more of those. I should watch. Them. I liked them. Yeah, but I will say Hobbs and Shaw. This this Fast and Furious. I I love these movies. I go watch them with with a couple of buddies every opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: is like you kind of just have to lean in. Yeah. So you lean into you you come in and you say I'm going to accept everything the movie throws at me. Mm-hmm. Like the universe. There's a part where where the <laughs> the rock. The Rock holds a helicopter down by a chain as it's trying to fly away. And he, he in a moment of, you know, pure adrenaline, mm-hmm. holds this helicopter down. And that's that's maybe in the top five most ridiculous things he does, you know, as far as things go. And you just kind of have to buy in that it's going to be ridiculous. Cars are going to do things they could never do. Everything's going to happen. Like, these people will punch through walls mm-hmm. without being phased. I mean... You just buy into all of it. But they all have a good time. They're like, all right, action movies, you've kind of seen it all. Yeah. We're going to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And you go in and say, we're all going to have fun. And you do. So if you go in saying, like, I'm going to have fun, you'll have a good time. If you want it to be... The problem is, is some of these movies take themselves seriously. Like, Mission Impossibles take themselves... They're just as ridiculous. I wouldn't say they take themselves seriously. Uh, they just don't... Uh, like I think they own their silliness just in like a in a well let's take different let's way. take Mission Impossible. The first one was a serious movie. Yes. It tried to be realistic, mm-hmm. and it's gotten more and more ridiculous as time goes on. Right, more yeah, things I mean, that you couldn't do. There, yeah, it's more just, things that would never happen. It's just as ridiculous with the stunts. The but last tr- one, Fallout, was great. Which, but it was good. I liked it. But you have to try to call back to that original kind of seriousness, like Rambo. Yeah, the original First Blood's a great movie, and you're like, all right, this is like. I, I would just. I would say. But this. now Rambo goes in where he's like, you know takes out like entire gangs of people that point guns at him point blank without batting an eye. It's very different than the original yeah. story, which was somewhat serious. I, I will say this. I've seen all the newer ones with my wife because she's a big fan of, of fast and the furious. Oh, okay. And I, I've tried to do what you're saying like, and have fun and have fun and be like, they're, they're self-aware. They know that it's ridiculous. And I just, think it's most just of them are self-aware. It's like, a vehicle. I don't think Vin Diesel is self-aware. That, so that's my problem. It's like, these are just a vehicle for cool stunts, you know, yeah. whatever. Here's my problem. I don't like the cast at all. I think you don't like the rock. No, I'm tired of him. Okay. Um, and I don't like Vin Diesel very much. Don't go and see this movie. And no, but here's the biggest problem with the Fast and the Furious movies: too is, many cars. Is their comic relief is noted hilarious comedian Tyrese? <laughs> I hate that guy. He's so bad. He's such a bad actor. He's not funny. His character is bad in all those movies. Him, it's like him and Ludacris, like yeah. being bad together, and like hitting on this other girl in yeah. like in like bad ways. And, uh, I just, I, I really try to like, to like them. Like I want to, because so many people I know, and even the internet in general is like, they're so, you know, they're actually amazing. Like this is the greatest franchise ever. And I just hate, I just kind of hate them. (laughs) And, and, and like you bring up, uh, you know, mission impossible because it's kind of the same thing. Right. I do like those ones a lot better. And I think it just comes down to the cast and like. I don't know. So so Hobbs and Shaw, I I don't even think I'll see it. But we'll Adult, probably then. we'll probably have to see the one that comes out next year cuz the yeah. next actual one is coming out next year, but also the other thing is when I got married, 
my future brother-in-law, or I guess at the time he was my brother-in-law because we'd already gotten married, he didn't talk to me the whole day. He's I'm better friends with him now, but he is kind of standoffish and just okay. like literally the only thing he said to me the whole day. And this is not even like congratulations or anything. We were about to leave to like go on our honeymoon and he just came up to me and it's like Paul Walker died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, okay. Um like all right, well, thanks for coming, you know, like, and that was all he said to me the whole day. And then I guess he was, hey, please stop. He was going around just telling everybody. Like, I like love how polite you news. are to your dog, by the way. Well, she's a good girl, but I don't know what her deal is. She's she's perturbed right now. But he was just going around the wedding, like being like, hey, guys, Paul Walker died. And so forever in my mind, I'll always link that, that like Paul Walker ruined your wedding, killed himself in a car, basically on the day of my wedding. Um, and uh, also, I have to say this. I, maybe I've said this before. I don't remember. But in the parking lot where I work, I've spotted two separate cars that both have Paul Walker Memorial decals on them. Fascinating. Did I didn't I know those things that? existed. It's like RIP Paul Walker. And then, uh, you know, his dates of his birth and death. And then one of them, it's like a quote from him. And it's the quote is, dude, I almost had you. <laughs> which I guess is from the first movie. It totally is. Which, but isn't that a bad quote? Like, yeah. if you wanted to be remembered for some, dude, I almost had, like, Anyway, so I, apparently people are really into it. They love Paul Walker. It was very emotional when he, they CGI'd his face onto his brother, and it looked weird. I would say uh, none of that has affected me. I don't <laughs> worry about that. I just go in and say, let's have some fun and okay. have fun. But I, I will say this. I'm fine with you not liking him. The cool thing about America, I know you don't like America, but the cool thing about I, I America don't, I guess. is you can choose, mm-hmm. you know, anything you want. I like one thing. Yeah. You don't have to no, like that it. That makes sense. That makes sense. But that was my media recommendation. Okay. I will say this. Yes. I, I kind of want to, I don't know if I'd redact it. I just say, I like it. If you go in and want to say, I'm going to have fun and it's tongue in cheek, people who take it seriously or say it's the best franchise ever. No, it's just... I don't think people take it seriously. They just say it's so fun, but the whole time I'm watching it, I'm not having fun because I'm hating what I'm seeing. Here's what and, I'll say. Here's hearing. what I'll say. That's fine, but I would say <laughs> it's important to have fun. It would be like if the Avengers, which they try to do now, is try to have fun, but when they try to come up with these moral issues, they're bad at that. Yeah. Like, just have fun. Yes. Like, you, comic books are... You know, you could make it a great place to have a moral issue. They don't do it well. Yeah, I, I think some of the movies do it okay. Like the Batman's did. Um, well, even like Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel like does that in a way of like not morals, but they'll they'll deliver like an emotional arc that is like you know you have real feelings about it, and it, it seems true to the characters. But then most of the movie is just kind of fun, weird like nonsense. I would say the Gardens of the Galaxy. Which one? The one where he goes and finds out his dad is Both like... Both of them. Eh, the second one was... I like that one. I did not like that oh, one at really? all. Well, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, my recommendation. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, yeah, okay, sure, that one. Um, uh, hey, please, we're almost done here. We're almost done. I'll take you outside. I don't know what you want. That's normally what she wants. Okay, my recommendation is just... Uh, uh, another Netflix one, and I'm, I haven't even finished it, but it's called Dark. Have you seen that one? No. So it's a German 
series. Okay. So you either have to watch it with some sort of bad English dubs or just watch it in German with subtitles. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like, I've had heard it described like it's Stranger Things for grownups. Interesting. Which I like Stranger Things, but it's just more of a dark, somber tone. But it's some of the same themes of like, um, it's more to do with time travel. That's not really a spoiler. Okay. But like 80s. So there's an 80s element to it, uh-huh. but it's in Germany, so it's a little more exotic feeling. Yeah. Um, but it's good. Okay. So go ahead and watch it. Dark. Dark. It's just called Dark, and okay. there's a there's two seasons of it. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I have to say. In conclusion, yeah. um, don't kick me out of America, please. Uh, I have <laughs> I'll a tell house you another, now. I'll it'd tell be, you another cool thing about work. America. What? If you don't like it, we don't kick you out. Oh. Oh, yeah. Love it or leave it. That's that what is, I heard. That's what Merle Haggard said. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. Or was okay. it Waylon Jennings? I don't know. It was one of the outlaws. Oh. Uh. Well, that's the cue. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, join us next time. That sigh was so deep. Join us next time. Matilde. Matilde. We'll, we'll see you later, and uh, have a good time. See ya. Bye.